I love that TV preacher. He always preaches positivity. He's constantly telling me how God loves me and wants to give me my best life right now. You know, his ministry needs money so that he can continue to help more people. I think I'm going to give him some money. It is a little weird, though, that he has a private jet and lives in a mansion. Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkesbury in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski, and I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. If you miss the radio program, then please look for the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and YouTube at 9 a.m. every Sunday, where these are uploaded, and you'll find other content on there as well. You can find us at godsresistance.com and on Facebook, Twitter, Gab, YouTube, and Rumble at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like, follow, and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. You can contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. So many people want answers these days, and intuitively, people are looking to the Bible. Just recently, we are part of a uh, local community um, page online, and there, were, there was one person that had said, I am needing answers from the Bible. I don't want to have somebody just kind of give a pat answer, but I need real answers from the Bible because of what's going on in our country. This seemed to spawn it. Well, three other people underneath said, I'm also looking for the same thing. My wife was able to contact these four uh, separate people and to ask them, you know, uh, about getting together at some point to give them answers. And they wanted those answers from the Bible. That wasn't something that, you know, my wife or I ended up trying to put a plug in. You know, the real answers come from the Bible. People intuitively understood that that is where these answers come from. So usually after that, We try looking on the internet. And I think people look on the internet because it's low commitment. It's low risk. You know, I can I can look if I don't fit in, it doesn't feel bad for me to leave, or you know, it's low risk in that if I don't like it, I can just find somebody else. So we start looking to the internet. The problem with that is is we don't know the people's lives that are putting out content on the internet. I mean, same thing with the television, televangelists. We don't know their secret lives and what they live like and how they act. We've never met them. We've never shook their hand. Um, That doesn't mean that everybody that's on television or everybody that is on uh, the internet is wrong, but it's just much harder to discern what the truth is because we just don't know these people. So another option is maybe I'll go find some books. I'll go to Barnes & Noble. I'll go on Amazon.com. I'll try and figure out some good book that maybe will give me answer. The problem with that is most of the books that are available mainstream are more for money and fame than truth. And you may say, that's a pretty bold claim. Well, you can see if you follow any of the people's lives, the author's lives, where the money trails go, and you can look in their lives and think, you know, something doesn't seem right. And then on top of that, and, and most importantly, we compare what they write with what the Bible says, the scriptures, 
and we find that there's a disconnect. So remember, we just done a little a study just a little while ago about the straight and narrow way and then the broad gate and the broad way that leads unto destruction. Uh, people like to take the edge off of what the Bible says because it makes them more friendly with the world. They can uh, gain more money and more fame here, but it's it's not the way we want to live. And if you're looking for truth and you're looking for answers, you don't want to follow after somebody like that either. So you may be asking yourself, well, if I want true answers, where am I supposed to go? Who do I follow? Who am I supposed to listen to? I would recommend first and foremost, listener, that you find a church, a local body of believers. There's nothing that replaces the local body of believers. We can find it inside the scriptures. Technology, as wonderful as it is, does not replace the need to gather with believers in person locally. We also need to concern ourselves with those that are not in a local church, like looking on the internet and books and all those kind of things. But the first and foremost important thing is to find yourself a local church. But let's see what Jesus has to say about trying to figure out who to listen to and discerning what the right way is. We're in Matthew chapter 7, and we're looking through uh, verses 15 through 20. So let's begin at the first verse there, um, Matthew seven fifteen. Jesus says, this is still the Sermon on the Mount, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. That's quite a statement, and that's from Jesus himself. When he says beware, that implies that there's some sort of danger. I've got to be careful. And it implies that there is the existence of false prophets. These are pretenders, imposters. He says, beware, keep your eyes open, be wide awake, don't be gullible. That's essentially what Jesus is saying, because there are false prophets. Now, we may have some ideas of what false prophets is uh, or are, but let's look into the scriptures and see what the scriptures have to say about it, and we'll get our definition from there. If we look at 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 13 through 15, we read, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So we learn from this verse, or these verses, that False teachers, false prophets, they're deceitful. They're lying. They're trying to trick people. They're pretending to be Christ's servants, and their works don't add up with what the Bible teaches. They don't live what they preach, or maybe they do live what they preach, and what they preach isn't from the scriptures. So that's what we find here in these verses. Look, let's look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Peter says, But there were false prophets also among the people, Back in the time of Moses, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily or secretly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. So what do we learn here? We learn that false teachers and false prophets mingle themselves with true believers. They are secret and sneaky, introducing teaching into the believers and into the real church. They're introducing teaching that is not in the Bible or that twists the Bible. We're also told here that they deny the true Lord. They deny that freedom from sin, not 
freedom in sin, but freedom from sin. That's what they're denying. There's another way to be saved besides Jesus Christ, or all roads lead to God. Doesn't matter what religion you're a part of, all roads lead to God, or they are unlike Jesus, even in their character, as the Bible reveals Jesus to us. Not the idea we have of Jesus, but what does God say? And they themselves are on their way to hell, according to these verses. They also amass followers to themselves. That doesn't mean that people that teach truth don't have people that follow them, but Oftentimes, when you see a great throng of people following somebody, you should at least take a step back and have a sense of caution, because just like we're told here, they amass followers to themselves. We need to be careful about that. They, it says, make merchandise of their followers. In other words, you are their product. The only reason that they preach to you or talk to you is because they can get your money. That is the marks of false teachers and false prophets. Matthew 24, 11, Jesus said, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So in other words, again, reiterating, there are multitudes of false prophets and there are many people that follow them. 2 Timothy 4, 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's just people in general, the people that go to church. But after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So people that don't want to sell out to God they basically allow these false prophets to thrive. They give them a platform. And the funny thing is, is that these, not the funny thing, it's, it's terrible, but here's what the prophets do. They basically adapt their message to whatever the wants of the people are, according to this verse. Deuteronomy 18, and uh, I was going to go verses 20 through 22, but I'm going to skip the first two of that, and I'm going to just go to Deuteronomy 18, 22. It says, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. We think about the YouTube world right now. It's full of these false prophets. We find, especially in light of all the political situations, people say, the Lord gave me this word. The Lord gave me this word. The Lord gave me this word. Are all of them false? I don't know. Some things they say haven't come to pass yet, but there's multitudes of these people, which puts a caution in my spirit. They say that they've got a word from the Lord. What this verse tells us is, here's how we check it out. Did what they say happen? And if it doesn't happen, they're not from God, according to this verse. So we're told that these false prophets are presumptuous people. It's like, you know, a thought comes in their head and they're like, the Lord just spoke to me. Sometimes that can happen. But God's never going to speak to us and have it be contrary to the scriptures. God's not going to speak to us and then have things not come to pass. And then we've got to try and explain our way out of that. Jeremiah 23, 16. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. So false prophets, their fruit is a vain following, a vain people. What does that mean? It's, they're just empty people, shallow people, foolish people. They have no spiritual depth. They don't, they don't really look like what the Bible portrays to us as what a Christian life is supposed to be, a life free from sin. They're empty, shallow, and foolish. That is the effects of a false prophet. So if you find people attaching themselves to a certain prophet, so-called, or teacher, and they're just kind of vain, empty, shallow, foolish, it's probably good for you to realize this person who's their prophet that they're following is a false prophet because he makes people vain, according to Jeremiah. Revelation 19.20, we read, 
And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So, we're told here that prophets, false prophets, they may even have powers to work miracles, but these powers are given to them from demonic forces. So these, this helps us to realize a little bit of a scriptural definition of what a prophet is. And Jesus, he, he, he spells it out even more clearly as we look into this verse, but this also should help us with discerning not only just false prophets, but anybody that says they come you know, with a message from the Lord. And that could be somebody as, as a teacher. We've got to be careful. They're teaching me certain things. I should use the same criteria about some of these as well. I should use my discernment about people who are teachers. The picture that Jesus gives in this part of the verse, he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. It is a picture of a flock of sheep. A shepherd protects the sheep from wolves, so the wolves, they try and dress up so that they can eat the sheep. They dress up like sheep so they can get in and eat the sheep. He says, they come to you in sheep's clothing. So in, in our application right now, this would be somebody who dresses up like a true believer. They pretend to be a follower of Christ. They pretend to be for the good of others. They speak Christianese, if you will, and they pose as harmless and caring you know, to the, to the believers, to the group of people that, oh, I, I just, I love you so much and I want to help you. And, uh, and I'm not saying that everybody says that's wrong, but we've got to be careful because this is how they disguise themselves. It says that's what they look like on the outside, but inwardly, there's an entirely different picture going on. Inwardly, these people are ravening wolves. So it doesn't matter what you look and act like on the outside if the inside of your heart is black, wicked, deceitful. And if a wolf is dressing up like a sheep, he didn't do that on accident. He's doing it on purpose because he has intentions. He has a purpose that he wants to fulfill in getting uh, these people and taking advantage of them. So it says they are ravening wolves. Inwardly, they're ravening wolves. So they paint themselves all nice on the outside. That means they're insanely hungry. They're like bloodthirsty monsters. They're looking to devour others for their own gain and benefit. They're not there for the sheep. So this is the characteristic of the false prophet that Jesus tells us about. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the world, and the devil. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S. T-A-N-C-E. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. Moving on to verse 16, Jesus helps us a little bit more. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns? or figs of thistles. So you may ask, how can I tell who is pretending? Jesus gives us a very simple and homely illustration. You may know them. You may know them by their fruits. So first, God says that as a child of God, as a believer, 
It is our privilege, and even as an unbeliever, you could use these same tests, but it is our privilege to know the difference between people who are true and who are fake to the word of God. So it says, you may know them by their fruits. So this is a simple thought. Jesus asks a very simple question, or two questions, really. Do men gather grapes of thorns? The rhetorical question, that means an answer that doesn't need to be said is no. Do figs come from thistles? No. Fruit, then, according to Jesus, and really common sense, if any of us have you know, seen an apple tree, if we've seen a grapevine, and I'm sure we've seen other kinds of fruit-bearing trees, fruit shows what kind of tree it is. So if I had difficulty knowing what kind of a tree it is, when the fruit hangs from it, we're all familiar with different kinds of fruit. We can say, ah, that's an orange tree. That's an apple tree. That's a grapefruit tree. This is, you know, a, a raspberry bush. You know, all the different things. The fruit helps us know what the plant was. So it may have been a little hard in the beginning to tell, but once the fruit comes out, it's all plain and people know. So you could hang apples on a thorn bush, but the problem is the apples are going to eventually rot because they're not native to this thorn bush. Apples, when they are fastened to the tree, still gain all of their life and nutrients from the tree. So the characteristics of the tree are feeding the apple, and the apple is good and healthy. But you pluck that apple from the tree, and you can see that if any of you have gone apple picking before, there's the apple drops all over the ground that are brown and rotten, and, and they smell almost like apple cider and sometimes like hard cider, like alcohol. We see that once they detach from the tree, they're no good. So it doesn't matter if we can take apples and hang them on a different tree. It's still going to rot, and the fruit is not going to be good. That's helpful for us to understand. So uh, then Jesus says in verse 17, Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Another principle, like brings forth like. We find that all the way back in the beginning in Genesis. He says that, There's herb bearing seeds that multiply after their kind, like bearing like. If you've planted your own garden, you know you don't stick a pepper seed in the ground and expect corn stalks to come out of it. I get a pepper seed because I want a pepper plant. I get tomato seeds because I want a tomato plant. I get corn kernels because I want corn stalks, and so on and so forth. Beans, peas, radishes, whatever else it is that you put in your garden. You get the proper seed because you're expecting the proper plant to grow out of that seed. Like brings forth like. This is so simple of a concept um, for us to understand, but even for spiritual discernment, like brings forth like. If somebody's heart is wrong, they're not going to bring forth real Christian fruit. It's going to be ugly, and people are going to know about that. I've said this, I think, on this broadcast for a different purpose, but this illustration still is so wonderful. The illustration would go like this. If somebody is not real with God, they don't have that reality within, you know, they're not the real tree, so to speak, and they're, putting, they're being imposters by hanging up what looks like that proper fruit, they're like somebody with bad breath. They themselves, 
you know, it's like they can give themselves an illusion where they don't realize that they're bad and, and, you know, their heart's dark and black, but everybody else does. We realize that something's not quite right there. The fruit doesn't add up. So like brings forth like. Good brings forth good. That's pretty simple. It's nothing too profound, and yet it's so confused in our day. So a corrupt tree then would bring forth evil fruit. Good brings forth good. Corrupt brings forth corrupt or evil. Bad brings bad. Yet there are many that are even in the church that say that they're saved and they love God and they're still living in sin, bringing forth corrupt fruit. And they still yet try to deceive themselves and others that they really are Christians and they're walking with God. And yet, according to Jesus, you can't have bad fruit coming from a good plant. It doesn't, it, that's not how this works. We can't, ha- we can't live a sinful life and be a Christian. That's what's, that's what's coming out here. And you may say, well, brother, my theology do- says differently than that. And I say, well, let's look at some other verses so it's not just isolated. Galatians 6-7, we read, Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So, this is the law of nature, and it's the law of common sense. Whatever I sow, that shall I reap. Right back to the garden again. Whatever seeds I put in, that's the plant I am expecting. Why do we think, then, that it's any different spiritually, except that we've created systems that pat us on the back and they're not from God, they're just some man-made system because maybe we feel like we couldn't live up to God's standard. So it's like, well, I can't live up to God's standard. So maybe I need to change this around a little bit. I got something wrong because this seems impossible. What if it is possible and you just haven't entered in the way God wants you to? That's something you need to concern yourself with. But we can, we can look at everything else in life and be like, that makes sense. But when it applies spiritually, we're like, no, that, that can't be right. And it's because we don't want to part with our sins. That's often the case. 1 John 3, 7, we read, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. So John was warning his disciples personally, but also the the broader Christian church and disciples about the danger to the church that people would come in. And at that time, they were Gnostics. They basically said, Our body in and of itself, this meat and bones, is sinful and evil and wrong, and the material is sinful, evil, and wrong, and the spiritual is pure. So they basically said, you can't get out of this evil body until you die. So though you do evil actions, um, you, you may commit adultery, you may do all these evil things. My spirit's pure, and my body's doing these sinful things, but I'm saved because I've got this special knowledge. And John is saying, don't be deceived, little children. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He's saying it's really barebones simple, believers. If somebody's not living righteously, they're not a righteous person. You think, wow. It's it's so crazy to think that that is that is literally where we are right now. That we're like, wow, I didn't I didn't realize that. But we can look in every other facet of life. If somebody's dishonest in business or they, they do shady things in business, I say, that's a dishonest person. That person's a prideful person. That person is, you know, you know stingy or I mean, whatever it is. We, we watch what they do and we determine what kind of a person they are. It's the same spiritually. There's nothing different. Don't go through mental gymnastics and some kind of doctrinal thing to undo the simplicity 
which we can find through Jesus' words himself and all throughout the scripture. This verse helps us to define fruit here. Fruit then is action. He's saying, you shall know he that does righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. So if they're doing righteous works, it comes from a righteous heart. And that's not always the case, but often that's what he, he's, he's saying the inverse. If they're not, then certainly they're not righteous. But that is what fruit is. Look at their fruit. Look at the fruit of their life, you know, and not just what they do, but look at their family, look at their acquaintances, look at all the things their hands have touched. What happened to them all? Are they going well? Is it strong? Is it pure? Is it right? Or do they leave a train wreck behind them? If that's the case, you know that that's a bad tree and bad fruits come of it, and you don't even need to think about it anymore. It's that simple. Uh, Third John, the first chapter and 11th verse, he said, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God. But he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So if we take this at face value, it's very simple. If you are really walking with God, you're not doing evil. Very simple. And so if we're discerning false prophets, it's the same thing. If they're really of God, they would be living a certain way, and they're not going to be living evil, and the fruit that comes from them is going to be the fruit that I see inside of the Bible when I read it. It's very simple and plain. Matthew uh, 7, 18. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So Jesus shows the impossibility of truth working in a contrary manner. It just doesn't. It's a stable test then that Jesus gives us. It will never fail. Jesus shows us that as simple as the natural realm bears this out, so does the spiritual. It's not complicated. No, we just need to, we, now we just need to align ourselves with this simple truth instead of trying to change the truth to align with our corruption. We've got to go the other way. The la, uh, uh, verse 19, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn or cut down and cast into the fire. You might ask, you might ask what about all of those false prophets that have taken advantage of people and led many astray? God's going to take care of them. In Romans 12, 19, we read, dearly beloved, Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. In Psalm 73, the guy says, I looked and saw the wicked prospering, and it chafed me in my spirit, and I thought, what's going on here, Lord? And he said, but then when I stepped into the sanctuary, I realized they're in. Judgment is coming toward them. Jesus also spoke about he being the true vine and we the branches. He said, if we don't abide in him, we're broken off from the vine, we dry up and shrivel, and we're good for nothing except to be burned. And so we realize that's what it is. If it's not connected to the vine and the tree, it's an imposter, and it's, it's going to be judged. They will be judged because they will be cut off. Sometimes the judgment happens in this life, but you can bank on it, that if it doesn't happen here in this life, it will happen finally at the end where they stand face to face with Jesus. So he ends by saying in the 20th verse, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Wherefore, because these simple natural laws are true, you can know the real from the fake because of their fruits, because of their way of life, their actions, what they do and what they don't do. Jesus has told us this so that we are not swindled. Colossians 2.18 Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So they, they were in danger of having somebody come in and steal their reward away from him with this false teaching of Gnosticism. The same goes to us. Don't let people deceive you 
and take away your reward. And that reward is eternal life. And that implies that this reward may be forfeited by you and snatched by someone else if we are not vigilant, discerning, and careful. Are you aligning yourself to God's word? Or are you trying to align God's word to you? Do you see that God doesn't want us to abandon judgment, but he wants us to use wisely our judgment to protect ourselves and to protect others? Have you been swindled by a false prophet or a teacher? Be all the wiser than in the future. Are you currently being swindled by a false prophet or teacher? Have you wasted your money on them and you've been used by them? Well, turn away from them and turn to Christ and follow Christ. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email me at gods.resistance at gmail.com. Introduce yourself to me. Set up a time that we can meet. I want to coach you and help you further to walk with God on your journey. Make sure to like and follow us on all our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, Gab. There's more teaching and preaching to help you on your journey there, and then you can connect with others that are going through their journey. Also tell your friends about this broadcast every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM, and tell your friends about our social media accounts. And above all, join the resistance, God's resistance. Special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.